with the 32nd pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select. You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast. I'm Fran Duffy, and we're reporting live from beautiful St. Pete Beach in sunny Florida at the East-West Shrine Game. And by we, I mean I'm here with Tony Pauline in the flesh from DraftIanalyst.com, who will be joining me for the entire week here in St. Pete to talk about what we see each and every day. We begin things at the top of this week's podcast on Draft Buzz, where I chat with Tony about everything we witnessed today here from East-West Practices. After Draft Buzz, we will then transition to Pick 6, where today... Tony and I, and he doesn't even know about this yet, this is the first he's hearing about it, are going to talk about our six favorite defenders here at the East-West Practices with more of a big-picture view. Not necessarily who stood out today, but overall, coming into the week, how we viewed these players. After that, we'll get into our unofficial visit, where in today's show, we will catch up with Kansas defensive tackle Daniel Wise, one of my personal favorite players in this game. I caught up with Daniel today after practice, so you'll hear that quick interview in that segment. Then we will wrap things up with our scouting report segment, where I will go through my notes on Princeton wide receiver Jesper Horsted, one of my favorite players here in St. Pete, and another guy who I thought stood out today. But enough of this. Let's get into the action here on the practice field. Let's see who stood out. It's time for some draft buzz. Now it's time for draft buzz. All right, so let's me, well, let me welcome you in, Tony. It's uh, the first day here of our All-Star Game extravaganza, our two-week jaunt here through the, uh, the southeastern portion of the United States. We're going to start here with our first day of East-West Shrine Game practices in St. Pete Beach. First of all, big difference from what we're typically used to uh, as I bring you in, Tony. We're us- usually, we're having these practices at high school fields in the area. This year, we're, we're at the Trop. We're at Trop- Tropicana Field. The, what was your initial reaction after the first day here being inside instead of out in the sun? My initial reaction is that is one of the ugliest buildings I've ever seen uh, oh, <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I, I mean, you could, you could understand why no one goes to the, to the baseball games there. Uh, the next is, is, you know, we usually have nice weather. It was nice weather. I like being outside. I will say this, though. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, I, I like the sight lines because we were able to sit upstairs as you sat with me the second practice and I think you get a good overall view of that. You're still allowed on the field, still allowed in the pit, which is nice. A little bit more, uh, more of a hassle to get into the pit, but, um, eh, you know, it is what it is. I, I still like St. Pete. I wish we were outside, but uh, the improved roster, I think, uh, made up for that. For some, uh, you know, inside baseball look at, at our lives here, it is better. It is a little bit closer, and the parking is a little bit better. So there's, it's got that going for it. But I agree. I, I miss being out in the sun. All right. Let's talk about what we saw here on the practice field. Is there one player before we – I was going to go position by position. We'll pick a player or two. But is there one player above all that stood out in your mind in this, in this uh, today, first day of practice? Well, there are a couple players who I think uh, exceeded my expectations. One, Quavian Tarver of Utah State. I, uh Was better because I think for a guy who's just almost six foot three, almost 215 pounds, he ran much better routes than I thought he would. Uh, got separation. I uh, was very impressed with, with his route running. Caught the ball well, but we knew about that, so... Um, I, I was impressed. I, I think he gave me a little bit more than I expected. I also liked, although you know I was high on this player coming in, Isaiah Wharton of Rutgers, uh, a long cornerback, very mobile, very fluid, very smooth, showed a lot of ball skills today. 
Uh, I thought both of those guys did well. And, and somebody from your former uh, alma mater, mm. Delvin Randall of Temple. That's right. You did uh, say that today. Um, I was impressed with his ball skills. When you watch him on film, he's primarily a downhill between the tackles safety. But I thought today, you know, a couple times they placed him over the slot receiver, and he did a good job. How about yourself? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. Tarver, and for, you know, we'll try as we go along here, because, you know, some of the fans may not be familiar with some of these names. And Tarver, you know, he comes from that really, really productive Utah State offense. Remember, they broke all kinds of records there at the Aggies this year. That whole coaching staff, especially on the offensive side, left. They're now in Texas Tech, where they replaced Cliff Kingsbury. And Tarver is a big-bodied kid. I mean, he's 6'5", he's over 220. I mean, he's a big-bodied kid who can go up and get it. I was impressed with his route running today as well, and I agree with you on Wharton, uh, certainly a guy that I liked coming in. We talked about him here on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. You know, one guy I think that that really kind of stood out to me, and I would watched a game or two of him in the fall, probably back in early October, and that's Ole Udo, the the offensive lineman from Elon, the uh, the fighting Josh Norris is, and he he would be mad if I didn't mention uh, that he is an alum there. The, the football program would not exist if it were not for Josh Norris. But uh, Ole Udo really stood out to me. He showed that strength, that ability to to also get move in reverse in his pass set. I thought he looked natural, you know, moving in reverse, and, and really showed again that strength to be able to stand up bull rushers. I thought he did a really good job here today. And then uh, one guy who caught the ball well. Not one of my – I wouldn't say he's one of my three or four favorite receivers at this game, but I thought Terry Godwin from Georgia ha- had a nice day. He caught the ball well overall in this game. Uh, a couple of big-name quarterbacks here, Tony. It's, you know, obviously, look, uh, Easton Stick from North Dakota State, probably the headliner. Uh, Brett Rippon from Boise State is a favorite of many. Was there a quarterback that stood out to you in this, uh, in this first day of action? It was neither of those two guys. I will, I will say I thought Cornelius Taylor of Oklahoma State was the prettiest passer. He has the most fundamentally sound stroke. Taylor Cornelius, of course. Taylor Cornelius. I'm sorry. That's all right. It's, it's uh, reverse here. Uh, I did think that Jordan Tayamu of Mississippi made a lot of nice throws in the short and intermediate field. Some of his downfield passes got away from him, but he's got a, he's got a, a good fastball, gets a lot of zip on those passes, was able to get the ball through the tight windows because uh, he is p- playing on the East team and the secondary from the East uh, really played well today. Yeah. And, y- you know, you mentioned Godwin. Godwin was able to pull some of his fastballs out of the air. Uh, I-, I thought he did a good job. Let's go to the running back position. I think it's it's probably one of the better groups of running backs we've seen at the Shrine game overall. And I would say overall the talent I think is pretty good compared to what we've seen uh, in Shrine games of yore. But uh, Divine Ozigbo from Nebraska is really – He's been become kind of the favorite here of most of draft Twitter, I think, coming into this game. And I think that holds up. I mean, the kid is a, is a big-bodied uh, running back. He's got the ability to run through contact, but he's got better wiggle than you would think for a bigger back as well. Absolutely. Good short area quickness. His program weight was 235, but I was talking to somebody uh, beforehand who expects him to be about 222 pounds. Still uh, shows excellent short area quickness and a nice burst. Doesn't play like a 220 two or 225 pound back plays like a guy who's more like 208 pounds with the quickness and the burst that he showed I was very impressed with Ty Johnson today I thought he had an excellent uh, practice Uh, turns it upfield terrific burst beat defenders into the open field as or as much as you can in one of these uh, all-star games 
uh, just really looked good all day from start to finish. Yeah, and for you know, comparison's sake, for the Eagles fans that are listening, not necessarily for all NFL fans, but kind of reminds me in some ways of Wendell Smallwood when he was coming out of West Virginia. And I, I think Ty Johnson, you can you can carve out a role as a player like that because he's a good kick returner. He's done that throughout the course of his career. He's got some juice, like Tony mentioned. He's got the ability to get to the perimeter, but he also runs pretty hard and he can competes in pass protection as well. I think Ty Johnson can carve out a role in the NFL. Tony, let's get to wide receiver where I think it's a pretty good group overall down here. And the three guys that I thought really stood out to me, number one, my, my guy, Keyshawn Johnson from Fresno State, uh, I thought he really flashed not just the route running ability but also the ability to go up and get the football here today. And then Jesper Horsted from Princeton, we're going to talk about him more in depth later. I thought he had a couple of nice flashes today. And Demarcus Lodge, a little bit up and down, but overall I, I liked some of the flashes I saw from him as well today. And that's the problem with Lodge as far as I'm concerned. He, sh- he showed well catching the ball today, but he drops too many easy passes. Uh, I will agree with you. Uh, I spoke with Horstead's agent okay. uh, because I wanted to know. Horstead, if you watch him on film, he's a big-bodied guy. He plays big football. He catches the ball well. The question is, how fast is he going to run? Yeah. A guy like that, that, that that's that big, coming from a small school, uh, or even the Ivy League as he does, is going to have to run in, underneath 4-5-5 to get drafted. I think Justin Watson last year uh, from Penn came to this game, looked terrific running routes, showed excellent quickness, uh, spent some time at the uh, Senior Bowl. If memory serves me, he was not a combine invite, ran in the 4-4s, got drafted in the fifth round. Horstead, with his size, is going to have to run underneath 4-5-5. When I asked how fast he's going to run, I was told, talk to me in two weeks, which tells me he probably is running the four sixes right now and may struggle to get under that four five five on pro day. We'll have to wait and see. And uh, for what it's worth, and you you obviously know this, but for the listeners' sake, uh, scouts did have him in the low four fives coming into the season. Now we don't know if that's going to hold up. We will find out though in a few weeks. I don't know if that was official or, or right over estimate. estimation. The yes. other uh, receiver who uh, impressed me today was Jamal Custis of uh, Syracuse, Philadelphia another, native, by the way. Another big body receiver, quick fluid, natural, caught the ball away from his frame, uh, fundamentally sound. I, I just was impressed how smooth he was and how he easily adjusted to the air and throw. And you got to remember, the thing about these games is these quarterbacks have never thrown to these receivers before. So yeah. this is brand new. And, and most of these guys, if not 90% of these guys, have never played in this building before. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for a lot of these receivers to do what they were doing on the first day is a good sign. And that's why, honestly, you know, some people will knock quarterbacks you know, for their performance in, in some of these games. I'm much less. I'm more impressed by the good than I am, you know, turned off by the bad when it comes to quarterbacks in, in these games because they're working with receivers that they've never worked with before. Same with the combine. Yeah, you know, you don't want to see wild accuracy. You don't want to see a, if a quarterback's consistently hot, way high of the mark or, or way off the mark. That's not a good sign. But if he's putting the ball in an area where his brand-new receiver can catch it, that, that's something that you have to take note of. All right, so let's get to the offensive line. And I mentioned Ole Udo earlier from Elon. Uh, he definitely stood out to me. Uh, Lamont Gallard from Georgia, the center there, a three-year starter, got some reps at guard today. We show, showed off those strong hands. And that's really, to me, the biggest strength of his game. He's got vice grip strength uh, in those hands. He's got the ability to win at the point of attack that way. Ethan Greenidge from Villanova, I thought had some good flashes. I wasn't fo- focused on him t- rep after rep, but the times where I did look at him, I thought he stood out. And then I know a guy that you were particularly excited about in that second practice, Jackson Barton from Utah. 
Jackson Barton was good in the second practice for the West. Paul Adams of Missouri okay. was even better. And when I, I put it out there that I was uh, – I, I really like Paul Adams a lot. Somebody made mention that he really handled Ja'Kai Polite in the Florida game. Uh, two other guys who I really liked a lot, more interior guys, Nick Allegretti from Illinois, who okay. played both guard and center. More of a small area lineman, had a struggle with some of the quicker defenders, but really a strong guy who competed all day. And Josh Miles of Morgan State. In fact, somebody uh, came up to me from NFL.com, uh, came up to me afterwards when we spoke before, and I said, keep an eye on this guy. And he said, you were right on. Uh, fundamentally sound. He's got excellent size, six foot five. plays with great knee bend. Really, when he got his hands on some of the upper-level competition uh, that he played against today, he was able to control those guys. It was Z- Lance Zerline. Uh, who was uh, the bu- my buddy from our buddy, I should say, from yeah. NFL.com. And Lance Erline's dad was an offensive line coach, so Lance knows offensive linemen. And after the practice, he was kind of raving about Josh Miles. So uh, at least I know I wasn't crazy on that guy. Well, you're crazy about other things. But I, I think the when you look at a lot of the offensive linemen here, I think you can look at them and say, you know, like a lot of the guys that we talked about, like Udo, when I watched him on film, I thought, okay, he looks like an NFL backup. I thought the same about Gallard. Uh, Paul Adams watching him on film, I thought, okay, he looks like a good backup. Josh Miles looks like a developmental starter, and he may take some time there. I think it'll take a little bit longer, but I do think he's got starting traits. So I, I'm glad to hear that you, uh, you liked what you saw there. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. I liked what I saw about Udo. What I don't like is what I saw on film. He doesn't seem to have a nasty attitude. It's mm. like I, I, I want to see him throw a punch at somebody or slap somebody in the head. He's very mechanical, and he's good at it, but he just does not show that nasty streak to, to really finish blocks, which uh, some of the other guys we saw – throughout the day sure so let's get to the uh the defensive side of the football defensive line uh, a couple guys here you mentioned uh first of all daniel wise my guy uh, is another guy that I am a, i'm a huge huge fan of we're going to talk to him a little bit later in the program I, i'm a big fan of daniel wise he showed up here today i wasn't again focused solely on that offensive defensive line in the second practice whenever i did look over there it seemed like that kid uh was showing up and then michael dogby from the first practice you mentioned delvin randall from temple i thought dogby looked pretty impressive i'm still not sure what position i like him best at uh, but a guy who moves pretty well uh and, you know and has does have a little bit of size to him and then chris slayton from syracuse i thought really well put together kid he, he looks the part uh, the best in terms of those defensive linemen in the e-squad Slayton started off hot. I mean, uh, when they went on, they had the first full scrimmage. There were three snaps in a row where he just annihilated the competition. My, my concern about Slayton is he doesn't look like a real big strong guy, although somebody told me that, yeah, he is very weight room strong. It's just he's got to transition that uh, onto the field and, and really learn to get off blocks because yeah. he was a bit slow once he got engaged at the point. I thought Kyle Lawrence of Tennessee showed some athleticism. Wasn't always beating uh, blocks, but he showed a good amount of athleticism. Cortez Broughton uh, impressed me on a couple of uh, snaps. He's a lot like Dogby. You said you don't know what position Dogby's going to play. I think he's going to be a three-technique tackle. It's the same thing with Broughton. He's got that quick first step. They both play with excellent pad level and leverage. They both use use their hands well. Relatively athletic with the ability to change direction and move laterally and pursue the play. Both a little bit undersized. Both have kind of funky NFL builds and struggle getting off blocks. So I think both of those guys 
or more three-technique players. I didn't watch Lawrence uh, before coming down here, but I agree with you. He, he flashed. He was a guy on, the, on that E-squad that seemed to always be around the football when they went to the team periods, and he moved pretty well. I was over there watching the individual periods, and he seemed to stand out. I guess his area. name is, is Kyle Lawrence Phillips, actually. So Kyle Lawrence Phillips. Him. There you go. That's a good point. All right, let's get to uh, the cornerback position. Derek Beatty. Michael Jackson were the two guys. They were probably the two biggest names at corner coming into the week. We talked about Isaiah Wharton. Isaiah Wharton from Rutgers, I put, put him in that group as well. Both uh, Beatty and Jackson, I thought, had, had some nice flashes here today. Jordan Wyatt from SMU, he really impressed me because I watched him uh, probably a week or two ago. And you could tell he had that ACL injury late in the year in 2017, and he was coming off of it. And early this year, he still had the brace on. He didn't look great. I was interested to see how he looked in person. No brace. Moved pretty well and had a couple nice plays on the ball today. I like Rashad Fenton of South Carolina. A couple people do, yeah. I like Rashad Fenton as a sophomore. His game never really elevated. He he seemed to kind of level off. I thought today what he really did well today is what a lot of college corners don't do, and that is he made plays with his back to the ball. He was able to get his head back around, locate the pass in the air, and then position himself against the, uh, the uh, receiver to deflect the ball away. I thought he did a good job of that. Jimmy Moreland of James Madison okay. had a few good moments today. I will say this, very disappointed that Jamal Peters of Mississippi State pulled out of the game with an injury. Uh, I hope he gets well soon, but I was really looking forward to him coming here. Yep. Uh, that, that was kind of a downer. Blaze Brown of Troy yeah. had a few good moments. He did. And, uh, you know, Blaze Brown is a guy, when the, season, when the season began, he was graded as the third highest rated senior cornerback in the nation. At one point last year, Troy, he was not even starting. Uh, but he had a, good, a few good, good uh, plays this year, as did Kadar Holman of Toledo. Mm. I mean, uh, yeah, you like that kid. What's that? I'm sorry. You, like, you like that kid. Yeah, I, do. I, I, I like, you know, he showed spurts, which is, you know, that's his game, unfortunately. If he, was, if he consistently played at his upper level, He's probably at the senior bowl. And, and that's what you're going to see yeah. in, in these type of uh, practices for these bowl games. You've got to remember, these, a lot of these guys haven't played football for close to a month. Some sure. of them haven't played for two or three weeks. You know, just getting their feet underneath them. I thought all those guys, you know, showed some good things today. And then safety, uh, Dakota Dixon uh, had a nice interception coming from the middle of the field. I think he's a little limited. He's a little bit undersized. He's not a great athlete, but really nice play on the ball there. And then, Look, I, Evan Worthington is my guy at, at the safety spot in this group. I won't say that he made any big plays today. Nothing really. He didn't look bad. But I was in, still impressed by the, a guy with good size that moves pretty well. I know he's had some issues in his past. You know, there's some injury concern there as well. But uh, a guy that moved well, he, he passed the eye test today. He did. And uh, the Cleveland Browns were all over him after mm. practice. So keep okay. that in the back of your mind. I mentioned Delvin Randall. Yep. Who uh, had a couple of a couple of nice plays? I will agree with you um, about the uh, Dakota Dixon. Uh, he, he the pick was obvious, but he also made a couple other nice plays on the ball. Uh, overall, I mean the, the, the safeties, except for those guys, were pretty uh, quiet today. All right, and then I passed over the linebacker group. Anybody from yeah. linebacker stand out for you? I liked what I saw from Hollins of uh, Oregon a bit. I mean he he's got to get his feet underneath them. Justin Hollins, uh, very athletic. Somebody passed on to me that when he was in high school, at about 195 pounds, Justin Hollins ran the 100 meters in 10.56 seconds. So that tells you something about his speed, about his athleticism. It's just a matter of him getting, uh, getting you know, uh, acquainted to playing a pure linebacker spot. 
Um, I want to go back to the sort of defensive line, linebacker position. Mm. Marcus Jones of Angelo State, who put up monstrous numbers, yeah. uh, 35 and a half tackles for loss, 17 and a half sacks. I mean, he showed a, gr- a lot of athleticism, a lot of explosion. Uh, he showed a lot of pass rush skill today. Now, obviously, he's got to get a little bit stronger. He's yep. got to he needs a little bit more experience. But but you could see why he had those numbers at points today. Yeah, D two All American Marcus Jones, insanely productive throughout his college career. All right, uh, let's wrap this up now. Let's go on to our next segment, Pick Six, where we are going to draft our six favorite defenders here at the East West Shrine Game. Now it's time for Pick Six. So the way I'm going to take this, Tony, is I've got home field advantage. You're in my hotel room if you can't hear the, uh, the air conditioner going in the background. Uh, I'm going first, and I'm going to take Daniel Wise because he's my guy. We've talked about him numerous times in this podcast. I don't know that we need to dive too deep into his game. We're going to hear from him a little bit later, but I'm a big fan of Daniel Wise. I think he's a really nice three-technique option. I think he can play no shade if you definitely need him to, but uh, to me, I think he's best fit at three-technique. Let him use that athleticism. Uh, let him play sideline to sideline. He's got one of the best motors of any player period in this draft I'm a big big fan of this kid's play personality I talked with him for a little bit today uh, obviously which you're going to hear in a bit and I, I'm a big fan of this kid I, I'm, I'm excited about his potential I'm going to take Isaiah Wharton okay. of Rutgers for a couple of reasons as we've talked about on a past uh, uh, journey to the draft podcast you know Blessing Austin of Rutgers was highly rated by scouts I believe it was great as the number two senior cornerback. And I always thought that he was ridiculously overrated, and Wharton was underrated. I did my film work on Rutgers before I came here, and again, I like what I saw from Wharton. Uh, as I said before, a, a tall, long, fluid cornerback, and he, he showed up today. I mean, he showed up right from the beginning of practice, uh, and he, uh, he played well. I'm going to go with Isaiah Wharton. I'm going to go with a guy that we talked about a little bit earlier, and he showed up a few times in that East practice, and that's Michael Jackson, the corner from Miami. Big kid. He's got pretty good ball skills. That'll carry him a long way, I think, in the NFL. I do wish that he played a little bit more to his size, but he likes to jam receivers and ride them down the line or ride them down the sideline. Uh, I do want to see him challenged vertically in this game. I'm excited to see you know how he'll run at the combine, but see seeing how he can start uh, be challenged. Uh, from a vertical standpoint, you know, with his speed, I think will be very big for me in my overall evaluation. But I like the football player in Michael Jackson. Did you like the singer in Michael Jackson? <laughs> Who doesn't? Do you like the, you know, little, the Mi- little Michael? Oh, you're, uh, we'll, we'll get into your music taste at some other point. Um, I'm going to go uh, with a linebacker, uh, Ulysses Gilbert. Not Ulysses Grant, the Civil War hero. Ulysses Gilbert out of Akron. Uh, well, you knew you, uh, Ulysses S. Exactly. Grant, right? Yeah. We used to go out for beers. Right, sure. Um, anyway, Ulysses Gilbert, again, had a good practice, showed today what I saw a lot of him on film, fluid, fast, explosive, a guy who can cover a lot of area. You know, is he an outside linebacker? Is he an inside linebacker in a 3-4? Uh, I think he's going to be a backup linebacker at the next level and a demon on special teams. So I'm going to go with Ulysses not Grant, but Gilbert. I actually I uh, talked with him after practice today, after these practice. I liked him. He was, he was a very nice kid. Um, you know, and watching him on film, number one, he was very, very productive. Uh, still a young kid. He's a little bit undersized. 
Uh, but what I liked about him was his motor. And this was a very productive, try-hard guy, a little bit limited athletically, but uh, I did like what I saw from Ulysses Gilbert, uh, S. Gilbert the third uh, on film. Now, uh, my third and final guy, this will be uh, my final pick, and that's going to be uh, the linebacker Jordan Jones from Kentucky. didn't stand out to me one way or another in this day of practice, but uh, I'm a big fan of Jordan Jones and what he can bring. I'm going to go, since I need a defensive lineman, the aforementioned Chris Slayton of uh, nice. Syracuse. Yep. Um, you, you know, a guy who has got size, he's got growth potential, he's quick, he's athletic, he just has to learn to use that size and strength. Uh, I think you can play him uh, at a variety of spots in a four-man line. Showed well today, and I expect good things moving forward. All right, Tony. Well, we will be back with you tomorrow to go through everyone we watched in Tuesday's practice. We appreciate your time here tonight. Again, you can follow Tony on Twitter at Tony Pauline and check out all of his great work over at DraftAnalyst.com. Let's get now to our unofficial visit, and today that is with Kansas defensive tackle Daniel Wise, my favorite defender here. The unofficial visit. Here now with Kansas defensive tackle Daniel Wise. And, Daniel, for fans who have yet to see you play, give us a quick scouting report of yourself. Um, hard player, real passionate. Uh, pass game is my strength. Yeah. Without question, that's the number one thing that stands out. When I watch Daniel, he, you're flying all over, sideline to sideline, down the field making stops. Is that something that you, know, you come from a football family that was kind of indoctrinated in you early, or is that kind of the culture that it was built in that Kansas defense? A little bit of both. Uh, something that's been taught to me early as a young kid. Uh, dad being the football coach kind of, you know, things that I need to do, run around, the, run around the field, run, chase down the ball, get after the quarterback, uh, and definitely one of the things that we instilled in Kansas defense. And you've played a lot of different spots over the course of your career as well. What's your favorite technique, your favorite position to play on that D-line? Uh, Three-tech. Yeah, why is that? One-on-one, I can get after in the middle. Yeah, you use that athleticism, that quick first step. What's one part of the, uh, the playing the defensive tackle spot that maybe fans don't necessarily think about that makes it a difficult position to play? Uh, it's grimy. You got to get in there. It's trenchy. Sometimes you can face double teams. Sometimes it's, it's, it's a lot going on, but you got to be stout, and that's one thing I can do. And is there one area where scouts have said, you know, kind of consensus that they want to see you improve on moving forward through the draft process? Uh, you know, strength in the run game is something I can improve on, and rightfully so. Is that like a physical standpoint or like a technique standpoint or a little bit of both? Technique more so. Okay, nice. Yes, sir. All right, well, Daniel, best of luck. Appreciate the time here, and best of luck throughout the rest of the process. Thank you. Great stuff there from Daniel Wise. Again, one of my favorite players here down at the East-West Shrine game. So with that in mind, let me tell you a bit more about another one of my favorites here in St. Pete. That's Princeton wide receiver Jesper Horsted. This is our scouting report. Dim those lights. We're headed to the film room for the scouting report. All right, so Jesper Horsted, 6'3", 225 pounds, also a great baseball player playing in the outfield there at Princeton. He only played football there for a few months out of the year, but still managed to be extremely productive. He's broken several school records for his numbers, and he continues to shine. Three-year starter there for uh, head coach Bob Sarace, and he lined up mostly at X. He did get some reps in the slot uh, in wide receiver over formations, but spent most of his time on the outside. Again, he's got good height. He's got big hands, below average length, but he's got a thick, muscular frame. Stood next to him. He is a big kid. That size that I saw on film matched up in person. Functional athlete. He's not going to wow anyone with his quickness or his explosiveness, but he's pretty fluid, especially considering his size, and he does have a little bit of suddenness to him. He's not a burner, but I think he's got enough speed to work down the field and be a factor in the deep and intermediate areas in the passing game. Big, strong kid, again, who can work through contact. He's got a plan as a route runner, does a nice job not tipping his hand at the top of his stem, and I thought he changed his speed and his stride length mid-route 
and has some snap to him at the top of his stem. He's going to create separation with subtle head and shoulder fakes. And he told me today he's still trying to get better in that area of his game. So I'm excited to see him continue to develop there. Comes back and he attacks the ball towards the line of scrimmage. And he'll also go up and over defenders at the catch point. With his size and his strength, he can play above the rim. And again, a great college outfielder for the baseball team there. And those skills showed up on the gridiron. He did a really good job tracking throws over his shoulder, made some really, really impressive grabs down the field, didn't have a drop in any of the games that I watched, made some plays with the ball in his hands as well in the Ivy League. So, you know, he's got a little bit of elusiveness. Is he going to be a great yak guy in the NFL? Probably not, but showed the ability to do that at that level of competition. And he gives good effort as a blocker as well. And with his size, he should be more than suitable in that area. Now, one area that I thought that I saw on film that he needed to get better at, and he actually said this today, so I liked that uh, self-awareness there, he's not a technician against press corners. He, he just tries to run by guys or run through people at the line of scrimmage. That worked in the Ivy League. That won't work in the NFL. He's not going to be able to just win on physical ability alone. So he's going to have to keep getting better at his craft. The level of competition will obviously be a big jump for him um, from a play speed standpoint, but look, I, I think this kid's got a lot of the physical tools that work in the NFL. He's an NFL player. He's got good size. Again, he runs good routes. Really impressive at the catch point. He's a tough, smart kid. I'm not sure that he's quite athletic enough to be a dynamic starter. He's probably more of that you know, third, fourth ride receiver that can be a reliable possession guy at all three levels and then play some special teams for you. But I like him. and I, To me, I think he fits a similar role in the NFL as what Mac Hollins is and can be here with the Eagles. Who The Eagles obviously took him in the fourth round a couple of years ago. I think Horsted you know, can fit a very similar role here in the NFL for his future team. So that's how I view Jesper Horsted again, one of the top prospects down here in St. Petersburg for the Shrine game. Great stuff this week. From Tony, Pauline, and all of you out there listening, whether you're on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, the Eagles mobile app, or any of our podcast platforms, thank you again for listening, as always, to the Journey to the Draft podcast. I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you tomorrow.